0: Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts.
1: About a month ago, I woke up. I'm like looking at my numbers, looking at the growth trajectory we're on. And I went like, <laughs> is this real?" like I and I said to my husband, I said, you know, I said, I think this is going to like be a big thing. And he goes,
0: well, yeah, isn't that the point? Kate Ames, welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Kate, you are a calculated risk taker, selling on Amazon since 2016, building several brands and utilizing other selling platforms to continue to scale, all while you are homeschooling your three children. Yes. Thank you so much, Joey. (laughs) Appreciate it. I'm excited to be here today. I respect the story behind your brand and you sell in such a great category. How did you find your product to sell and what category are you selling in? Um, So I sell in
1: office supplies and um, it's a bit of a story of how I got started here. Um, I feel like it was a little bit of it took me a few years to get to that point to figure this out. But um, basically, in a nutshell, um, I was running a separate brand pre-covid and during i mean it was party supplies and i didn't really love the brand it didn't really have like um a vision behind it it was just kind of me selling stuff on the internet and i wasn't feeling very fulfilled in it so fast forward covid um people weren't really having parties so we had uh, march 2020 we not only couldn't send shipments in our sales dropped like 97% overnight and then the returns started because they, I don't know if you're, they went back and like let people return like 90 days prior. Um, So I took it as a sign to move on because I think I was already kind of in that mode of like looking for the next thing. And so during COVID, I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I started importing um, bulk rolls of elastic, like stretchy elastic. And, um, I did that briefly because people were trying to make face masks and they couldn't get their hands on elastic. It was like crazy high prices. So I had a contact that was helping me air ship it, um, from, uh, China. And, um, because I physically had it like at my house at that point, um, I was just shipping them out. I threw up an Etsy shop and just started shipping them out and was thinking like, this COVID thing's not gonna last. Like, this is gonna be like a few weeks and then it's gonna be back to normal. Ha ha. Right. And uh so then basically just during that process of like trying to figure out what I was gonna do, I fell in love with my customers. So I loved the people that I was interacting with on Etsy. They're just like mostly. Moms like me that are home with their kids, and I just absolutely adored them. They are just sweet and amazing. And I'm so I thought to myself, these are the people I want to be my customers forever. But of course, knowing that the elastic thing was like a you know, that wasn't a, a legitimate business. So, anyway, um, I at the t- same time, I was having a really hard time finding packaging supplies because, um, again, COVID. And um, so I, that started me down the path of kind of researching um, more into that. And that is how I ended up um, deciding to start a brand around that because it was kind of the best of both worlds of I got to have a the creative side that I wanted, but I really got to serve a customer that I absolutely adore. So that's kind of where I've put my focus on.
0: I love that. And going back to the party supplies, isn't it interesting that the first product you're selling on Amazon or Etsy or wherever does not define the rest of your life. Like you can just stop and pivot. Yeah, absolutely. You can. If you, I
1: mean, I tried for a few, well, a couple of years, I would say I tried to like, make myself like it more than I did and tried to figure out ways like, oh, how can I grow this? How can I grow this? And it was fine. But it just didn't I I didn't feel like I could really create a real brand out of it. It was very much just, you know, selling widgets on the Internet. And that that just became not fulfilling to me at all. So,
0: yeah. And you want if you're going to stay in the long run with your company, you want it to feel fulfilling. But the important part of your story is like, hey, you started selling and it doesn't matter that you started on Etsy or Amazon or wherever, but you started selling a physical product. Exactly. Yep. And so so you found you took the risk because you saw an opportunity with COVID with the elastic. That's super cool. And it's still kind of like crafty because you're selling the elastic stuff. And... For the office products, like how, what is your approach to finding products beyond just going to Alibaba? So,
1: I really like the idea of um, creating a premium product and then making it completely unique in some way. So, I like to take a product and combine it with something that's missing from said product. So, I've always done this. Um, This is actually something that I did with my party supplies and I've done it with other brands and products that I've had. In fact, one of my very first products on Amazon, I'll just tell you because it's done and gone for now, but one of my very first products on Amazon was I sold egg cartons and like literally just cardboard egg cartons. And um, what I figured out, and this is just a really good kind of like case study of how this works, is that. At the time, a lot of the people that were selling egg cartons at that point, which this was back in 2016, I think, um, they were selling huge packs of them, like hundreds in a pack, and they were almost exclusively merchant fulfilled offers. So I'm thinking, okay. I can come in with FBA and I know that not everybody wants 250 egg cartons. A lot of the people that are buying them are like people that have like their cute little backyard chicken set up and they just want like 20 of them to take to their neighbors and friends. And so what we did was we combined the smaller packs of egg cartons with um, custom stickers that had like a little thing where you could put the date of the eggs on them and they have like a cute little chicken on them. Cute. And um, that product popped off really quick. Of course, at the time, I didn't really know how to like protect myself from competitors coming in. So I got kind of swallowed alive over time. <laughs> but um, but it was kind of that same concept of like combining a product that's already selling an existing proven concept with something that's like a little bit new or a little bit of adding value to it. Um, and I treat my packaging supplies, my office supplies the same way. It's we're already using this thing. How can we take it up a notch? How can we make it more appealing to the people that are looking for these products? And it adds value so you can actually charge more for those products as well and just buy a higher price.
0: Right. Cause now you've broken down the 200 egg cartons and made it into 20. And also <laughs> you can pivot and find other uses for it too. Mm-hmm, exactly. exactly market it I don't know what else you can use an egg carton for but that's really creative Uh, but yeah you could like pivot it I was thinking like I don't know classrooms for Easter and market it to teachers yeah
1: and and I briefly got into selling like the the flats which are the ones that are like I don't know they're like bigger things they don't have a lid but they're they're called flats they hold like 30 eggs I think and what I found out was that a lot of people that buy those buy them for organization. They're not buying them to put eggs in. So again, it's like thinking that way, which then goes into how you market it and how you, you know, create your listing. You can um make it more visible to people if you understand what the customer is using it for.
0: So yes, and it sounds um Well, I don't want to say basic, but it sounds simple, like, oh, it's an egg carton. And sometimes people overthink products, like, oh, I have to come up with this thing that walks and talks and is rechargeable and has lights. But sometimes you do just need to, like, stick to what is selling? How can I make it better or different or in a smaller pack or a bigger pack or a bigger size? Uh, Yeah, that's really great insight. And so you said the competition kind of pushed you down because... People who are already selling it must have noticed what you were doing.
1: Yes. So I I pretty quickly took the number one spot for egg cartons. And then after that, it was like people were just copying so fast. And then at that point, I was so new to all of this. I had started as a reseller. So that was like my first try at like a private label, if you would even call it that. I mean, I guess you can call it that. And so when it came to like sourcing and all of that, I wasn't real um, savvy. So I think that just not having a clear understanding of like how because I was sourcing this stuff like wholesale at the time and and literally breaking them down um, into smaller packs. So um, I think had I had a little bit more understanding, I would I could have uh, let it go longer. But and also I I didn't build a brand around it. So it kind of fizzled out. But.
0: It was good for a bit. It is good. And OK, so that's interesting. So you started with RA, which retail arbitrage, or we you know just call it reselling, where you buy something from a wholesaler or somewhere and then you resell it on Amazon. Honestly, to me, that is a lot of effort and it's kind of
1: hard to scale. It was impossible for me to scale it and it was exhausting Um, and it became really difficult because when I started doing it, it was kind of to dip my toes into the water of Amazon, but it's a challenge. Like that's a tough, that's a tough business. Um, and it, um, it became really difficult when when I had my second child, because now like I have an infant and I'm going around to try and find stuff. I knew that that was like not a long-term strategy. I do think it helped me learn the platform. Um, but you know, it, w- it was definitely not scalable. Like what I'm doing now is so much more conducive to my lifestyle. So works I a lot
0: think a lot of people try retail arbitrage before they do private label. I never did. I'm not a big in-store shopper. I d- I'm not a good bargain shopper. I like to shop, but I'm more I'm good at online shopping. So I think that's probably why I like private label, because then I can shop online and see what's selling with keywords. Yeah.
1: I think it was, I think it's just, and honestly, I don't know if I'd go back and do it that way again. It's so hard to say because you have all this experience now and you, and things have changed so much too. Like Amazon's changed so much. So much. Just in the last, you know, six years. So I'm not sure that I would go back and do that again. Um, I think it worked for me where I was at. I'm not sure I would have ever made the jump straight to private label. I'm not sure I would have been brave enough, but um it, it it gave me a good insight. Like I said, you learn how to use the platform, you learn a lot, and then um, you know, I had a little bit more confidence to jump
0: in. But and you were actually gonna be a lawyer. Where did you hear that from? <laughs> Weren't you thinking of being a lawyer at one point?
1: I was, but I don't I swear I don't remember telling like I feel like there's like four people that know.
0: <laughs> I swear you told me that yeah. when we were sitting there at a billion dollars. That's so funny! I'm like, remember- Wow, you're doing
1: your research. <laughs> I think yes you told me that. I originally was planning. I was planning on either going into politics or lo- like going to law, los- going that route. And I did opt out of it. I, that was a pretty short-lived thing. I was in medical billing for a little while too before I was tired of that. I don't know. I would have never survived in that. I would have never survived. I'm way too. I need to have way more control over
0: my own life. Yes, yes. I love it. I love how our lives, like, it's all a journey. So it's like, hey, I'll go work in medical billing. And then you learn from that and you start reselling. And then you move into private label. Like, it all fits and goes together. So how do you balance growing your brand with three kids at home because you are homeschooling. Yeah, so first of all, my husband
1: does help quite a bit. Um, he now work. He has his own business. He started it in 2017 after my business was doing well enough for him to do that. And so he has a um, production company, he does event production, which mainly takes place on the weekends. So he is most of the time during the week, he is around um, quite a bit so that is super helpful for us i think that i've just created really good kind of boundaries around what my business needs to be for me um and so it's a great business like you can work kind of in spurts when you need to and 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 then just kind of let it maintain the rest of the time um i probably work about 10 hours a week would be my guess maybe a little it 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 varies right like sometimes right. it'll be more um i would say that's probably pretty typical for me at this point point. and as far as juggling i mean it's just it's a combination like my kids see me work they know that sometimes i have to get stuff done and i'm okay with that like i'm okay with them seeing that because they've really watched me they've watched this whole process happen as they've been you know growing up so there's that um i do occasionally have help so like thursday today is their um with their grandma. So that's super helpful. I tend to like batch a lot on Thursdays
0: and like kind of have it be my power day. Um, Let's talk about batching. That's a good point. And I think that is something that especially women, um, I don't know, I'm not a man, but it's like, I feel like women, we have so much on our plate. Um, Explain, explain batching, because that's, that's a really cool tip. So I learned
1: this a while
0: ago, and I've really taken it to heart. For, first of all,
1: as women, you have to be okay with cutting corners and getting help. You you just have to. If you want to grow a business, you have to be okay with it. It's fine. Like, keep your meals simple, whatever. We literally eat the same dinners pretty much every week. <laughs> we all like them. It's fine. It's predictable. But it works for us. Um, and whenever I can do something an easier way I will do it or if, if somebody can help me with something good you do that I will take the help um, so being okay with that is I think really important and then I look at things as like luckily now my youngest is four so he's a little bit like easier now than it was when I had like infants but um, I try to look at my tasks as like high prior high focus folk- High focus, like medium focus, and low focus. So there are things that you need to get done that are going to require and basically your full attention, undivided attention. Those are the I when I have time to do those things. Like if it was nap time, or if I had childcare, or my husband was taking over for me during the. Because there were times where those those pockets of time were much smaller than they are now for me. Take full advantage of those that means don't do things that you can do half focus during your full focus time set that side, set, set that time aside 100% so if that's like um you know new product development like that's what you're focused on whereas things like honestly my emails i don't really need to check my email during the, those time frames because that's something i can do at a total like i can do that sitting on my couch later or you know, and and another big thing, huge thing, is turn off your notifications for all of the apps that you have on your phone. Turn them off. I promise you, you're not gonna miss anything. <laughs> like, I if I could give people one tip, that would be the number one tip. I think that we're all like way too plugged into all these little things that are constantly stealing our time. And if you are a busy mom and you only have a 90 minute nap time to get stuff done, you need to make sure you're getting stuff done because you'd be amazed how much you can get done in 90 minutes if you focus.
0: It's such a good point, especially for product research or keyword research. You have to be 100% focused, otherwise the frustration sets in. And when I was first building my first brand, I would block off from, my kid was like two at the time, I would block off from nine o'clock till midnight and I go to bed early. I, do, I don't like missing sleep, but I would block off nine till midnight and know that that was my time for product research. And I would do what you said. I would turn off my notifications because I knew my kid was asleep and my husband was home. So I'm like, that's all that matters.
1: Yeah. And it's so easy to get pulled away if you let yourself. And I, I think that sometimes we think that we need to be like, on top of all those notifications but you really don't it's not like I promise you you're still gonna check your social media you're still gonna check your email it's fine I think people like consciously think they're
0: gonna miss something and I'm like no just turn it off well Um, sometimes like on a group chat it's kind of fun to be MIA for an hour because you come in and now you see the full group chat instead of you're the one in and out um like total side story about me But when I was first building, I have a wallpaper company called 3D Walls by Design, and I started building that in 2014. That was my very first um, entrepreneurial endeavor. I still own the company, but I was also teaching fitness classes. I was teaching bar method. And when you're teaching, you have to turn your phone off, basically, for 45 minutes. And it really taught me that nothing happens during that hour that my phone was off. And I try to apply that now to my businesses. So like right now we're doing a podcast and I'm not getting notifications. Like I am 100% with you, with our listeners, because this is the most important thing that I am doing right now for the next, you know, half an hour. Yeah, definitely.
1: I, um, I do it all the time. Like my phone is on do not disturb more than it's not on. <laughs> Cause like I check it anyway. I mean, I'm around all the time, but I, yeah, I try to keep boundaries around my time. I say no to a lot of stuff too. Like I really do. That's another thing. You know, I'm a huge fan of the book Essentialism Um, and, uh, you know, he talks in that about how you really have to put get your priorities straight like what are your priorities and you have to you have to honor that in your life and not not say yes to a million things so i am not the mom that says yes to everything i am not the mom that drags my kids to every single activity under the sun i let them be bored sometimes and i think they're better off for it but
0: yes and building your business you have to bring in the essentialisms of is what i'm doing getting me towards my goal? Or am I getting distracted? So it's like everything you do with your business should be getting towards your goal.
1: That's huge too, because a lot of times there's so much information out there, whether it's just podcasts or YouTube videos or events that we're attending and all these different things you can do and so many shiny objects that you can chase after. But I think, you know, for me, especially with this brand that I I have now. All of the results come when I get rid of the distractions. Like, is this something that would be good for my business? Probably. Is it a focus right now? No. And so put your blinders on, ignore that stuff and just continue on, you know, continue to work what's working. And that's where I've seen the most
0: results. And that's the key to freedom, right? A lot of us sell on Amazon because we want the freedom to work from anywhere to work on our own schedule and if you can focus on your business and you're like 10 to 15 hours a week and then you have everything else you do but because you're so focused during those 10 to 15 hours it's almost like you're putting in the full work week without the distractions oh, uh, oh yeah definitely
1: i mean i remember working an office job and i was i mean there's a lot of not work happening the water cooler. <laughs> right. there's a lot of not work sprinkled in with a little bit of work and that's just the culture of it right because you're there all day and like that's the culture of it but my culture now is like more if we're gonna do something we're gonna do it um and we put our full try to put our full attention into it
0: as best as we can so you're listening to the fearless sellers the women of amazon podcast if you like what you're hearing click the subscribe button we have new content coming out all the time, and you don't want to miss out, so when you were you while well, you're growing this private label brand, um was there a point or or something you can remember where you realized like, hey, this is kind of my tipping point, like this is really happening. I'm growing and I'm scaling,
1: yeah, and it wasn't that long ago. it was like it was like a month ago. <laughs> I love it. I woke up one day, like a month ago, and I was kind of like, we're in a major growth cycle right now, which has been so fun, but also extremely terrifying. And I'm just like, because it's I still operate with very small, like team situation. Um, it's, it's very limited. Um, and I think it was about a month ago, I woke up, I'm like, looking at my numbers, looking at the growth trajectory we're on. And I went, like, <laughs> is this real? like I and I said to my husband, I said, you know, I said, I think this is going to like be a big thing. And he goes, well, yeah, isn't that the point? And I said, yeah, but like you go through this. I feel like I went through a phase of like you want it and then you you think you can do it and then, you know, you can do it, but then you're actually doing it. And I think that's where I woke up like a month ago and was like, I'm doing this thing. <laughs> this is happening.
0: Congrats. It was, that is so yeah. interesting. I felt like I felt like all of a sudden, like, wow, this is legit. So, yeah. And is it a sales goal you had or was it you woke up and you were on the top of page one? It was a little bit of
1: both. Um, We did rank really well um, and we're continuing to rise and that's showing exponential, you know, growth results. But I think also just like really hitting stride with like, what are the new products we need to release? Just Looking at the full picture and going, oh, I know exactly what I need to do to take this brand from where it is now, which is a good amount, to where it's going to go, and I I don't have any doubts that it's going to go there.
0: I'm, com- it's going to happen. So isn't that the best when your confidence finally boosts? Then you're like, wait, this is happening. I can do it, and now I'm really going to keep working. Yeah. A 100%. It's been, it's it's been refreshing
1: because it, it is hard. Like this is it's it's I think people sometimes I think people make it seem easier than it is. It's not always easy. It is it's work, but it's very rewarding when
0: you figure it out. It is very rewarding when you figure it out. And for me, before my sales were where I wanted them to be, I didn't want to talk about what I was doing because I wasn't feeling like confident. I'm
1: 100% like that. I've always, and I'm just, honestly, I kind of like to fly under the radar. I learned that a few years ago. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. I've always been the person, though, too. Like, I put myself in rooms with people that are a lot smarter than me. So I am always the dumbest person in the room. And, you know, I don't mean that, like, I was taught to do that. And I think I have benefited from doing that. But it it does kind of give you a little bit of like, oh, my God, you know, (laughs) my little brand over here versus
0: people that are doing so much more. But I can relate to that. I mean, we met at Billion Dollar Seller Summit. um, I think that was like almost a year ago, like in August. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the smartest rooms for Amazon sellers to be in. And looking around the room... And knowing some of the companies and brands that people are running, um, it's intimidating. It is. But
1: it's also incredible to like hear from people like that, to learn, to have the opportunity to learn from people. You know, I was talking to one of my friends about this recently, like honestly, a lot of the best things I've learned too have been kind of the behind the scenes stuff that people are just talking about when they're having like a drink or having co- or having a coffee in the morning. You know, those are where a lot of the big kind of aha moments have or when you have that trust factor where you're talking to someone and, and they I mean, I've had people literally just say a sentence and they've unlocked like this problem that's been rolling around in my head for months that I'm like despairing over. And then They'll just say something, you know, totally off the cuff,
0: flippantly. Oh, my God, you just solved all my problems. But yes, you're like, that's it. And that that's why Amazon selling on Amazon is an individual sport. But we are all on the same team and we all need to be asking questions and helping. And as a Amazon selling coach, a lot, not a lot, several of the people I coach, it's like, well, should I tell you this? And look, I only want people to tell me as much to their comfort level so that I can openly and honestly help them because I want all Amazon sellers in our community to be successful and I can learn from you. And hopefully, you know, there would be something you could learn from me because you can't know everything on your own. Nobody does. does. And there's a lot of different ways to build these businesses.
1: Like I have a couple of close friends that I keep very close contact with and um, their brands and know a lot about like just the day-to-day because we talk so much and yeah there's a lot of similarities but there's also a lot of like really big differences in the way that my brand operates versus their brand versus their brand so there's definitely more
0: than there's more than one way to do things (laughs) well there's so many different ways to do things and when I stand up and say hey I had to sell on FBM because I couldn't get my products out quick enough to continue FBA. And and I tell that story at first. I It, it was a little strange because it's like, oh, Amazon FBA is king. And I was like, well, I had to do FBM and here is why. And now I get a lot more FBM questions. I think the percentage of people doing FBM is like, I don't know, it's like 20%. I could be wrong. Nobody quote me on that. But it's still like a a decent amount of people. And there's reasons to do FBM, which is fulfilled by merchant. That meant I was shipping stuff from my house or my small warehouse that I had to rent. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to work within the confines of whatever you're selling. There's all
1: these different little, you know, nuances to different products. So yeah, and figure I figure it out. Yeah. And I think um, you know, along with that too, as you learn, you learn to to just kind of I'm really big on creating a business that works for my lifestyle, like, you know, with my children. I have a chronic illness. So I have to be really careful. That's the other thing I was gonna say is like, how do I keep myself going and how do I be as productive as I am? I keep myself healthy. I have to. I have to keep myself healthy. I prioritize my mental and physical health um, a lot. And, um, you know, so for me, again, I say no to a lot of things. I'm the queen of saying no.
0: Um, And it goes with putting your priorities and your health is a priority. And you look great. I can tell you take care of yourself. And, um, you know, sorry that you're struggling with the illness, but it looks like you're doing great.
1: I'm doing great now. I, you know, and I actually, it's weird to say, but I'm actually really grateful overall for the experience, um, that I've had because it's, it's made me focus on the health and I don't know that I would have. Um, so I actually feel like it's really improved my quality of life, like long run. And it's, and it's made me a, I don't know, like my family's healthier for it too. My kids are healthier because I've had to learn so much. So I really like actually think it was a blessing in disguise when I look at it now. Probably wouldn't have said that at first, but (laughs) now that I've figured things out, I mean, it's an ongoing thing, but I've got it pretty dialed in. So, and again, like I'm so thankful for this business because it's, um, I do think that some of my issues in the past have have um stalled my growth a little bit and I think a lot of people get into that game where they're like well I'm not doing as good as this person's doing and they compare themselves but you know you got to remember everybody starts from a completely different point whether it's the time the money the experience like there's so many different factors like you just got to focus on you and do better than you did before and not worry so much about what everybody else is doing um that's kind of how i try to think of it
0: yeah and that's a good point as amazon sellers unless it's somebody selling you know the rank right above your product you don't need to be worried about what they're doing i mean watch your competitors but it's probably not you know that your next door neighbor who is selling right against you um and you know i do have the approach like there is room for all of us at the table and so totally yeah and so when i'm like watch your competitors it's really The the people ranking with you on that page, right? Because we're all in this for money, and you and I talked about that at the beginning. Like, it is about it is about money, and for you, it sounds like you kept the momentum going, no matter if it was your health or you had to deal with your kids. You just kept pushing forward. Yeah, I will never stop.
1: (laughs) That is one thing you can bet on. I will never stop. I don't know how, so. Um, even like during my darkest times, like I remember one time I tried to tell my husband I was quitting. It was a few years ago. We had gone through like a bad experience with one of my brands, really bad. I think I was pregnant too, or maybe I was just like newly postpartum. I don't quite remember, but never. Happened. I remember. We, yeah, I remember like super hormonal. Right. And I, I remember he took me out to dinner. We were like sitting there having our date night and I was crying at the t- Oh, and I was like, I'm, done. I'm not doing this. And he's like, I don't believe you. He's like, I don't I don't think you're done. I think you're just getting started. And, you know, he was right. But
0: <laughs> that's good um, advice. He's in your corner. Um, yeah, he's good. He's a good yeah that's good. You're just getting started. Wait, speaking of getting started, um, Etsy, we, you mentioned Etsy at the beginning. I want to circle back to um, Etsy. How do you work with with Etsy?
1: So I have an Etsy shop still. I, um, we, we do sell there. It's, um, it's not like my main focus. So I don't, the majority of my sales still come from Amazon. I mean, Amazon's just kind of king, um, in, in all the things. Um, but I like having a presence there specifically because of the type of customer that I have. Um, it's an interesting platform. I I don't know that I'm like the expert on it, but um, I've had some success there, and I think that it's a it's a great it is a great platform to utilize if you if you're starting out because it doesn't have as many levers to pull as Amazon does. Like I feel like Amazon has way more levers that you have to learn how to utilize. and it also um is not as cutthroat as Amazon <laughs> tends to be. like Amazon sellers could be you no, know, you know, the stuff we have to sometimes deal with. so, Um, You don't really see as much of that on Etsy. So I do think it's a great place to um, test just if you're starting out, it can be a really fun place to start out and kind of gauge interest in different things before if you're, you know, nervous about starting on Amazon.
0: Good point, because you it's really about selling physical products. And Etsy is a way where it's all fulfilled by merchant from what I know, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. So you can just ship it from your house and it can be something you make. It can be creative. So Etsy is a great way to kind of tiptoe into physical products. And also on the topic of Etsy, I actually found a supplier for one of my products on Etsy and they're in the Ukraine, which is crazy I started using them before the war started and I still buy from her (laughs) and it's worked out great yeah they used to have a
1: feature too where you could find I think they might have retired it but I used to look for manufacturers on there Um, they used to have some feature where you could find like people that were makers but Generally speaking, I mean, they're, yeah, you're right. They're on there. There's a lot of, um, and and especially like if, if they're like in that situation, you know, they're shipping from overseas. So if you can use them as a supplier and kind of make that um, supply chain easier and more direct to your customer, that's, that's a value add, right? Like you're not, they're not having to wait to ship from the Ukraine. They're not having to, it's a little bit communications, obviously going to be sometimes a little more challenging with someone um, like that, so you can kind of bridge the
0: gap there. Yeah. And there's US sellers, but on Etsy, it is around the world. And a lot of the Etsy sellers, especially outside the US, they don't want to sell on Amazon. So she was very happy when I said, Hey, I'm going to be upfront. I'm going to order, you know, um, 200 to start and I'm going to sell these on Amazon. Are you cool with that? And she was thrilled. And now we have a very nice partnership. And we've kind of also become pen pals. Like she writes me these like very nice letters in my order. So I highly recommend checking Etsy as a secret weapon for finding suppliers also.
1: Yeah, it's also a great platform just to look at like up and coming things because um, a lot of makers are on there. You can a lot of times things happen faster. Um, So up and coming trends um, with I used to do like home decor type stuff. So I would look there um, along with Pinterest for like what's an up and coming trend that hasn't really been like mass produced yet. Um, So some of that stuff, it it tends
0: to pop up in places like that before it hits Amazon on a mass scale. Yes. Good point on Pinterest because the trends are way ahead and especially on Etsy. And y'all, your competition is probably not checking Pinterest and Etsy. So these are really good tips that the, you know, millions of sellers, there's only a small percentage doing it. Right. And, and
1: you know, like Etsy is a search algorithm, a search based just like Amazon. So if you're typing in something and whatever is popping up at the top, there's a good chance that the reason it's popping up at the top is because people are buying it or at least clicking on it. You know, that's what they want. So if you're, um, you know, looking at a product, that's always kind of a good little clue as well. Yes. So Pinterest, I use that all the time because a lot of my um, stuff that I sell now is very, uh, we do trend kind of stuff like uh, designs and whatnot. And so um, I just pay attention. I've always, that's always been something I've just been good at though. Like I'm good at like watching up and coming trends and, and watching them kind of go from like tiny, really, really
0: micro trends and going oh that's gonna be a big thing so (laughs) that sounds fun I feel like we could have like a fearless sellers game for that like is this we found this on Pinterest is this gonna make it is it not Um, I mean I'm not
1: always right but I just I do feel like I have a good eye for that and I think that's another thing like you know play your strengths what are you good at you know build that's good advice into your business like if you're not good at something maybe don't you know do that. Like my husband, I can tell you right now, he would be clueless doing what I am doing. That would not be a good strategy for him, but he has completely other skill sets that he could use. So yeah, definitely claim your strengths, I think is important.
0: Yeah, know your strengths. And it's even good to know your strengths before you even start your store. And for me, when I was started, I was like, I love marketing. And that's how I ended up running out of product for Father's Day. Because for <laughs> me, I was like, I have to market this for Father's Day, because that was my strength. And obviously, my weakness was inventory.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know your strengths, like ask people, because
1: someone will probably give you some insight. I've done that before. I had to do that one time as an exercise for some, I don't know. I always get roped into coaching, whether it's like coaching or some, you know, life development thing that I read. And it was like, ask, you know, your five people what your greatest strengths are. And that's a good way to, you know,
0: figure things out, too, if you're not sure. Yes. Yes. Trusted people. I'm not going to ask anybody that, but I'm going to think about if I shouldn't ask people that. (laughs) I'll ask
1: them. Because yeah, the things that came out were not, they're not always the things you think you're going to hear. Like, I i repeatedly was told that I'm a good teacher, and I'm like,
0: no, I'm not. I'm a <laughs> what? You're teaching your children. I would think you're a good teacher. Well, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> see how I they know. turn out.
1: We'll see how they turn out. <laughs> we'll see what they say later on, right? I think
0: we'll check in with them in a decade. Yeah. Um, We'll have them on the Fearless Sellers podcast when they're older and ask. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Before we say goodbye, I want to know what are you excited for for twenty twenty three?
1: Uh. Okay. Um. Like for business. Okay. Yeah. I. I am excited. I'm excited about so many things for this year. This is a great year. Um. I would say just. I have a pretty big goal that I want to achieve like a revenue goal and, um, we're going to hit it. So I'm excited to like officially check that box. Um, and then, yeah, just like, I'm excited to also, I'm really working this year to streamline a lot of my operations because I do operate with a small team. And so quite frankly, a lot of things have just been very me centered. So I'm, I'm really working to like offload some of that and I'm, I'm really excited to do that. I've been starting to work with some new like um, people or agencies and whatnot and seeing the results of that have been really, really exciting. And it's exciting to like start to trust your baby with people that are smarter than, than even you are or more dedicated to a,
0: a specific job. So that's been really fun. Well, let's cheers to trust in 2023 for Kate and your brand. Well, thank you so much for joining the Fearless Sellers podcast today. And until next time, stay fearless. If you're looking to get started selling on Amazon or maybe need some help with your current sales on Amazon, go to fearlesssellers.com. That's a lot of S's in there, fearlesssellers.com. Use coupon code FEARLESS for 50% off our next event. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless.